Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of the Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net. Or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see a little drop-down menu where it says Read ACIMOE. Also on that drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to receive a daily excellent email that includes both the reading that we share here in the mornings as well as the daily lesson. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 1, Introduction to Miracles, with Section 1, Miracle Principles. Today we'll be reading paragraphs 59 through 70, and just three miracle principles, 41, 42, and 43. We're also mindful of our lesson today. Lesson 5. I am never upset for the reason I think. Never upset for the reason I think. And by way of opening this morning, I turn to um, Shailen Harkin in her book, Susceptible to Life. And there's a poem in there called The Reason I'm Hopeful. The reason I'm hopeful is because I've never seen a tree that grows backwards, never known a flower to scurry away from light, and I think the human spirit to have even more light, thirsty petals and an even stronger and more determined trunk. The reason I'm hopeful is we can't defy our very nature. Amen. We thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah thank you, Lord. Lord. Perfect. Thank you, Lori. I like that poem. I like that poem a lot. Um, sometimes it's good to have a laugh at how silly we are. Anyway, here's the reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne, Harrison, Jennifer, Robin Marie, Fran, and Diana. We're joined in listening this morning by Judy. And who else has joined us would like to say good morning and be on the reading list? Good morning, Lori. It's Anna. Good morning, everyone. Um, I can read this morning. That is most excellent, Lana. Thank you very much. All right. So, once again, uh, I'll get us started. Today we're reading paragraphs 59 through 70, Miracle Principles 41 through 43. Miracle Principle 41. The miracle acknowledges all men as your brothers and mine. It is a way of perceiving the universal mark of God in them. The specialness of God's sons does not stem from exclusion, but from inclusion. All my brothers are special. If they believe they are deprived of anything, their perception becomes distorted. When this occurs, the whole family of God, or the sonship, is impaired in its relationships. Ultimately, every member of the family of God must return. 
the miracle calls him to return because it blesses and honors him, even though he may be absent in spirit. Now, Lemoyne. A miracle principle 41. The miracle acknowledges all men as your brothers and mine. It is a way of perceiving the universal mark of God in them. The specialness of God's sons does not stem from ex- exclusion, but from inclusion. Excuse me. All my brothers are special. If they believe they are deprived of anything, their perception becomes distorted. When this occurs, the whole family of God, or the sonship, is impaired in its relationship. Ultimately, every member of the family of God must return. The miracle calls him to return because it blesses and honors him, even though he may be absent in spirit. And quotes, God is not mocked, is not a warning, but a reassurance on this point. God would be mocked if any of his creations lacked holiness. The creation is whole, and the mark of wholeness is holiness. Thank you, Lemoyne. Uh, and Harrison. Quote, God is not mocked, unquote, is not a warning, but a reassurance on this point. God would be mocked if any of his creations lacked holiness. The creation is whole. And the mark of wholeness is holiness. Principle 42. Holiness is the perceptual content of miracles. It thus corrects or atones for the faulty perception of lack anywhere. Thank Harrison. Uh, Jennifer. Principle 42. Wholeness is the perceptual content, content of miracles. It, it thus corrects or atones for the faulty perception of lack anywhere. Paragraph 62. Here we begin to make the fundamental distinction between miracles and projection. The stimulus must precede the response and will also determine the kind of response that is evoked. Behavior is response. 
so that the, the question, quote unquote, response to what, unquote, becomes crucial. Since stimuli, since stimuli are identified through perception, you first perceive the stimulus and then behave accordingly. It follows then that as ye perceive, so shall ye behave. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, and Robin Marie, if you'd like to do um, paragraph 62, 63, and 64, please. Here we begin to make the fundamental distinction between miracles and projection. The stimulus must precede the response and will also determine the kind of response that is evoked. Behavior is response, so that the question, quote, response to what, unquote, becomes crucial since stimuli are identified through perception, you first perceive the stimulus and then behave accordingly. It follows then that as ye perceive, so shall ye behave. 64. The golden rule asks you to behave toward others as you would have them behave toward you. This means that the perception of both must be accurate. The golden rule is the rule for appropriate behavior. You cannot behave appropriately unless you perceive accurately because appropriate behavior depends on lack of level confusion. <clears throat> the presence of level confusion always results in variable reality testing and therefore in variability in behavioral appropriateness. Since you and your neighbor are equal members of the same family as you perceive both, so you will behave toward both. The way to perceive for golden rule behavior is to look out from the perception of your own holiness and perceive the holiness of others. Thank you, Robin Marie. Uh, and Fran. 64. The golden rule asks you to behave towards others as you would have them behave towards you. This means that the perception of both must be accurate. The golden rule is the rule for appropriate behavior. You cannot behave appropriately unless you perceive accurately because appropriate behavior depends on lack of level confusion. The presence of level confusion always results in variable reality testing and therefore in variability in behavioral appropriateness. Since you and your neighbor are equal members of the same family, as you perceive both, so you will behave toward both. The way to perceive for golden rule behavior 
is to look out from the perception of your own holiness and perceive the holiness of others. 65. The emptiness engendered by fear should be replaced by love because love and its absence are in the same dimension and correction cannot be undertaken unless within a dimension. Otherwise, there has been a confusion of levels. Death is a human affirmation of a belief in quote-unquote hate or level confusion. That is why the body says, quote, there is no death, unquote, and why I demonstrated that death does not exist. I came to fulfill the law by reinterpreting it. The law itself, if properly understood, offers only protection to man. It is those who have not yet, quote, changed their minds, unquote, who enter the, quote, unquote, hellfire concept into it. Thank you, Fran. Uh, Diana. Paragraph 65. The emptiness engendered by fear should be replaced by love because love and its absence are in the same dimension. The correction cannot be undertaken except within a dimension. Otherwise, there has been a confusion of levels. Death is a human affirmation of the belief in hate, quote, hate, or level confusion. That is why the Bible says, quote, there is no death, unquote, and why I demonstrate that death does not exist. I came to fulfill the law by reinterpreting it. The law itself, if properly understood, offers only protection to man. It it is those who have not yet, quote, changed their minds, unquote, who enter the, quote, hellfire, unquote, concept into it. Paragraph uh, 66. I assure you that I will witness for anyone who lets me and to whoever extends he permits it. Your witnessing demonstrates your belief and thus strengthens it. Those who witness for me are expressing through their miracles that they have abandoned the belief in deprivation in favor of the abundance they have learned belongs to them. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. And Lana. Okay. 66. I assure you that I will witness for anyone who lets me and to whatever extent he permits it. Your witnessing demonstrates your belief and thus strengthens it. Those who witness for me are expressing through their miracles that they have abandoned the belief in deprivation in favor of the abundance they have learned belongs to them. 67. 
a major contribution of miracles is their strength in releasing man from his misplaced sense of isolation, deprivation, and lack. Thank you, Lana. And is there a new reader for paragraph 67 and 68? That would be Miracle Principle 43. Paragraph 67 and 68. All right, back to you, Lemoyne. Miracle Principle 43. <clears throat> A major contribution of miracles is their... <clears throat> excuse me. A major contribution of miracles is their strength in releasing man from his misplaced sense of isolation, deprivation, and lack. Miracles are affirmations of sonship which is a state of completion and abundance. Whatever is true and real is eternal and cannot change or be changed. The soul is therefore unalterable because it is already perfect, but the mind can elect the level it chooses to serve. The only limit which is put on its choice is that it cannot Serve two masters. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Harrison. Uh, excuse me, I just want to let you know, I, I was dri- this is Jessica, I was driving, so I couldn't answer when you asked a few minutes ago, but I, whenever, whenever there's an opening, I can read. Thank you. Oh, sure. Okay, Jessica, would you like to read um, paragraphs 68 and 69? I would, I would love to. Yes. Okay, thank you. Paragraph 68. Miracles are affirmations of sonship, which is a state of completion and abundance. Whatever is true and real is eternal and cannot change or be changed. The soul is therefore unalterable because it is already perfect. But the mind can elect the level it chooses to serve. The only limit which is put on its choice is that it cannot serve two masters. 69. The mind, if it elects to do so, becomes a medium by which the soul creates along the line of its own creation. If it does not freely elect to do so, it retains its creative potential, but places itself under tyrannous rather than genuinely authoritative control. As a result, it imprisons, because such are the dictates of tyrants. To change your mind means to place it at the disposal of true authority. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, Harrison. 
and 69 and 70, please. The mind, if it elects to do so, becomes a medium by which the soul creates along the lines of its own creation. If it does not freely elect to do so, it retains its creative potential but places itself under tyrannous rather than genuinely or authoritative control. As a result, it imprisons because such are the dictates of tyrants. To change your mind means to place it at the disposal of true authority. Seven, the miracle is thus a sign that the mind has chosen to be led by Christ in his service. The abundance of Christ is the natural result of choosing to follow him. All shallow roots must be uprooted because they are not deep enough to sustain you. The illusion that shallow roots can be deepened and thus made to hold is one of the one of the distortions on which the reversal of the golden rule rests. As these false underpinnings are given up, the equilibrium is temporarily experienced as unstable. However, the fact is that nothing is less stable than an orientation that is upside down. Nor can anything which holds it that way be really conducive to greater stability. Thank you, Harrison. Uh, Jennifer, if you'd like to finish today with paragraph 70, please. Okay, 70. The miracle is thus a sign that the mind has chosen to be led by Christ in his service. The abundance of Christ is the natural result of choosing to follow him. All shallow roots must be uprooted because they are not deep enough to sustain you. The illusion that shallow roots can be depended, or excuse me, the illusion that shallow roots can be deepened and thus made to hold is one of the distortions on which the reversal of the golden rule rests. 
as these false underpinnings are given up, the equilibrium is temporarily experienced as unstable. However, the fact is that nothing is less stable than an orientation that is upside down. Nor can anything which holds it that way be really conducive to greater stability. Thank you, Jennifer. And thank you, everybody who read these paragraphs this morning. And let's see. I think we have lots of time left before top of the hour. Oh, yeah. For 10 minutes, I think we could probably read it once more through paragraph by paragraph. You, would you like? Yes, I would. Yeah, okay. Do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to add uh, Jessica after Lana. And now, Judy, would you like to read this time through? No, but I'm loving listening. Thank you. Okay, dear. All right, so we'll just go. Um, yeah, I think we have enough readers. Um, we'll start at the end with Jessica. So, Jessica, if you'd like to start today with Miracle Principle 41 and paragraph 59, we'll just go through in reverse order. Okie dokie. Okay. Um, paragraph 41, Principle 59. The miracle acknowledges all men as your brothers and mine. It is a way of perceiving the universal mark of God in them. The specialness of God's sons does not stem from exclusion, but from inclusion. All my brothers are special. If they believe they are deprived of anything, their perception becomes distorted. When this occurs, the whole family of God, or the sonship, is impaired in its relationships. Ultimately, every member of the family of God must return. The miracle calls him to return because it blesses and honors him, even though he may be absent in spirit. Then uh, Lana. Okay. Could I read um, 60? Paragraph 60. Uh Okay. God, in quotes, God is not mocked, is not a warning, but a reassurance on this point. God would be mocked if any of his creations lacked holiness. The creation is whole. And the mark of wholeness is holiness. Thank you, Lana. Uh, Then Diana, paragraph 61. Okay, 61. um, Paragraph 61, Miracle Principle 42. Wholeness is the perceptual content of miracles. It thus corrects or atones for the faulty perception of lack anywhere. 
Um, do I read 62? Okay. I'm sorry. Am I on mute? No. Just the uh, one paragraph not... this time through. Okay. Yeah. Then Fran. There we go. Is that Fran? Uh, oh, I'm oh, not... Fran's going to read 62. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Here we begin to make the fundamental distinction between miracles and projection. The stimulus must precede the response and will also determine the kind of response that is evoked. Behavior is response, so that the question, quote, response to what, unquote, becomes crucial. Since stimuli are identified through perception, you first perceive the stimulus and then behave accordingly. It follows then that as ye perceive, so shall ye behave. Thank you, Fran. Uh, then Robin Marie, that would be paragraph 64 to you. The golden rule asks you to behave toward others as you would have them behave toward you. This means that the perception of both must be accurate. <clears throat> The golden rule is the rule for appropriate behavior. You cannot behave appropriately unless you perceive accurately because appropriate behavior depends on lack of level confusion. The presence of level confusion always results in variable reality testing and therefore in variability in behavioral appropriateness. Since you and your neighbor are equal members of the same family, as you perceive both, so you will behave toward both. The way to perceive for golden rule behavior is to look out from the perception of your own holiness and perceive the holiness of others. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jennifer, 65. <clears throat> Paragraph 65, the emptiness engendered by fear should be replaced by love because love and its absence are in the same dimension and correction cannot be undertaken except within a dimension. Otherwise, there has been confusion of levels. Death is, is a human affirmation of a belief in quote-unquote hate or level confusion. That is why the Bible says, quote, there is no death, unquote. And why I demonstrated that death does not exist, I came to fulfill the law by reinterpreting it. The law itself, if properly understood, offers only protection to man. It is those who have not yet, quote, changed their minds, unquote, who entered the, quote, unquote, hellfire concept 
into it. Thank you, Jennifer. Nathan Harrison. I assure you that I will witness for anyone who loves me and to whatever extent he permits it your witnessing demonstrate your belief and thus strengthens it. Those who witness for me are expressing through their miracles that they have abandoned the belief in deprivation in favor of the abundance they have learned belongs to them. Thank you, Harrison. And Lemoyne. Principle 43. A major contribution of miracles is their strength in releasing man from his misplaced sense of isolation, deprivation, and lack. Thank you, Lemoyne. Uh, just checking if there's any new reader for paragraph 68. All right, then Jessica, once again to you for paragraph 68. Thank you. 68, miracles are affirmations of sonship which is a state of completion and abundance. Whatever is true and real is eternal and cannot change or be changed. The soul is therefore unalterable because it is already perfect, but the mind can elect the level it chooses to serve. The only limit which is put on its choice is that it cannot serve two masters. Thank you, Jessica. I'm Lana. Okay, is it 69? Uh, Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. The mind, if it elects to do so, becomes a medium by which the soul creates along the line of its own creation. If it does not freely elect to do so, it retains its creative potential, but places itself under tarantous, I can never say that word, tarantous, rather than genuinely authoritative control. As a result, it imprisons because such are the dictates of tyrants. To change your mind means to place it at the disposal of true authority. 
Thank you, Lana. Uh, Diana. Um, paragraph 70. Mm-hmm. The miracle is thus a sign that the mind has chosen to be led by Christ in his service. The abundance of Christ is a natural result of choosing to follow him. All shallow roots must be uprooted because they are not deep enough to sustain you. The illusion that shallow roots can be deepened and thus made to hold is one of the distortions on which the reversal of the golden rule rests. As these false underpinnings are given up, the equilibrium is temporarily experienced is unstable. However, the fact is that nothing is less stable than an orientation that is upside down, nor can anything which holds it the way be really conducive to greater stability. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. And um, thank you, everyone who read and reread and even uh, listened this morning to these miracle principles so central uh, to the new thought system that we're learning. And here we are at the top of the hour um, where we pause to take a little time for our lesson. And I wanted to um, just mention that I noticed in our lesson instruction this morning in the 10th paragraph, it asked us to search our mind for no more than a minute and not to do this particular lesson more than three or four times in a day. And um, there's probably a good reason for that that will come up in the discussion. But as we give five minutes to the top of the hour, um, let's not spend more than a minute or so seeking for sources of upset, okay? Um, And I'll turn it over to you, Fran. So does that mean you don't want me to do the five-minute thing, just do a minute? Um, I think we can give uh, the five minutes to reflect on the whole purpose. Okay. Uh, as it's given to us in the introduction. Yeah. But okay. as for looking for upset, there you go. Okay. So I can do the five minutes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook. Um, we are on uh, lesson five today. I am never upset for the reason I think. And I'll read a little um, from the introduction, and then we'll go over to our lesson and do our practice. So, the exercises are very simple. They do not require more than a few minutes, and it does not matter where or when you do them. They need no preparation. They are numbered running 1 to 365. The training period is one year. Do not undertake more than one exercise a day. The purpose of these exercises is to train the mind to a different perception of everything in the world. The workbook is divided into two sections. The first dealing with the undoing of what you see now, and the second with the restoration of sight. 
Each day's exercises are planned around one central idea. The exercises themselves consisting of applying that idea to as many specifics as possible. Be sure that you do not decide that there are some things you see to which the idea for the day is inapplicable. The aim of the exercises will also be to increase the application of the idea to everything. This will not require effort. Only be sure that you make no exceptions in applying the ideas. Whatever your reaction to the ideas may be, use them. Nothing more than this is required. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson five. I am never upset for the reason I think. This idea, like the preceding one, can be used with any person, situation, or event you think is causing you pain. The upset may seem to be fear, worry, depression, anxiety, anger, hatred, jealousy, or any number of forms, all of which will be perceived as different. This is not true. However, until you learn that form does not matter, each form becomes a proper subject for the exercises for the day. When using the idea for today, for a specific perceived cause of an upset of any form, use both the name of the form in which you see the upset and the cause which you ascribe to it. For example, I am not angry at blank for the reason I think. I am not afraid of blank for the reason I think. But again, this should not be substituted for practice periods in which you first search your mind for quote-unquote sources. It might help to proceed the exercises with the statement, there are no small upsets. They're all equally disturbing to my peace of mind. You may also find yourself less willing to apply today's idea to some perceived sources of upset than to others. If this occurs, think first of this. I cannot keep this form of upset and let the others go. For the purposes of these exercises, then, I will regard them all as the same. Further examples are, I am not worried about blank for the reason I think. I'm not depressed about blank for the reason I think. Three or four times during the day are enough. Lesson five, I am never upset for the reason I think. Five minutes.
I'll read the um, paragraph from the review for Lesson 5. I am never upset for the reason I think. I'm never upset for the reason I think because I'm constantly trying to justify, quote, unquote, my thoughts. I'm constantly trying to make them true. I make all things my, quote, unquote, enemies so that my anger is justified and my attacks are warranted. I have not realized how much I have misused everything I see by assigning this role to it. I have done this to defend a thought system which has hurt me, which I no longer want. I am willing to let it go. Lesson five. I am never upset for the reason I think. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Oh, thank you, Fran. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, Fran, and thank you, Lori, for um, bringing that that point, major point out that we're not supposed to ruminate on these upsets and make them real. We're we're just supposed to notice them and pop them, pop them, pop them, and let them go. Thank you so much for that. I am complete. Thanks, Judy. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. Yeah, that's an important point, I think, um, what Laurie and, and Judy mentioned, because my focus and attention, whatever, wherever I place it, it's like I'm feeding it. I'm energizing it. So the more I search and look and try to understand and try to figure out um, these misperceptions, um, just like, you know, you said that it it makes them seem more real. It's the more I, the more validity I give to them, uh, the more entrenched I become within them. So um, I like the idea. I just notice it's there and I don't judge it. I just say, oh, okay, I have anger within me or I have sickness within me or I have pain, emotional or physical pain within me. And and if that's all I do and bring my focus and attention back to God for healing, as, as I, I should say, as I heal, just the act of turning my mind around and bringing its focus back to God well, uh, well, they say it says in the manual for teachers, or the, I don't know whether it's manual for teachers or the um, clarification of terms. It says that mind is the activating agent of spirit. So, if I notice my misperception, just bring my mind back to God. That choice that I make will activate spirit 
and and God basically does the rest. I just need to notice it, put it on the altar, give it to Holy Spirit, and um, and rest in God. All the doingness, other than making the choice to give it to God, is accomplished by Holy Spirit through me. You know, it's really important. And in the reading today, um, I, I brings to mind when it, when it was talking when, about what Jesus was talking about behavior and response. Um, that's for me. That's another key point in um, in my mind training. You know, uh, and I think Saint Augustine really sums it up perfectly when he says when he said, "Love and do what you want," because any activity, anything I do, when I'm coming from a place of love, um, my behavior will be appropriate. Uh, I just need to heal my mind so that it returns to a place of love. And that's, that's the whole thing. You know, once I'm coming from love, I don't need to do anything else. It's like I've joined... I rejoin my family, my brothers, my God, uh, my spirit. I've activated my spirit, so I'm functioning from a place of love. And whatever I do, my behavior will be appropriate because it's not coming from a place of uh, hate or anger or worry or fear. Um, I'm coming from love. And, of course, I've learned that um, in, in practicing this course that love is the remedy for anything that shows up in my mind that is not love, that is unlike love. So, or uh, so for any lack of love, I bring love to it. And love will not only heal it, but it will transform it into holiness. Um, and it doesn't matter whether I'm, I'm trying to heal my mind about a person, place, event, or object um, of my perception. Love is the singular remedy. And all I do to uh, return to that place is to return my mind to God and replace my fearful thoughts with holy thoughts of truth. And like it says, you know, it, it, you can't be in um, love and fear cannot exist together. So when I choose love, it replaces the fear. Um, and now my mind is occupied with love and its behavior will be holy, a holy expression of God. Um, that's how, you know, I've learned to express God. And, and like Jesus says, to represent the one who sent me. That's my function, to be a representative of God and to demonstrate the attributes of holiness. So, anyhow, another wonder, I love these, the beginning of the note. Of the of the text and all, 
all the passages and especially the miracle principles. They're very powerful and each one is like a nugget of truth that within the text I will learn if I don't, you know, you don't have to worry about not understanding any concept uh, brought out um, within the miracle principles because it's, it's like an introduction. This is something God will go into very deeply and explain to me within the text. But it's nice to have the concept in my mind and to know the truth, even if I don't understand it. It, it really builds and strengthens my trust in God. And, of course, next to love, trust is the foundation um, on which... I will experience the truth. And then it kind of miraculously transforms from a content, from a concept into a real-life experience. And to experience something is to know it. Um, and it's very insulting to the intellect and to the ego to say that it's... Um, to have to invalidate it or say it, it has no power or to um, have my mind in something that doesn't conform to the ego. It, it really will get its feathers ruffled <laughs> and try to fight back. But as long as I stay firm in my commitment to think only the thoughts I think with God and see holiness and express holiness and demonstrate holiness in my everyday life, I will stay in that place, and fear will not be able to enter. So anyway, thank you for listening. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Oh, thank yeah. you for sharing the richness of your experience. I just love hearing it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Lana. Yeah, thank you, Lana. I love this. This um, section of the text, um, Fran, did I hear you start to speak? I didn't mean to interrupt you. No? No, I'm fine. Go ahead. Okay. Um, um, perceiving perception and um, miracles, um, wholeness is the perceptual content of the miracle. So um, I'm recognizing in the reading today that, you know, a miracle through my perceiving through my own wholeness, when I'm perceiving through the eyes of Christ, when I'm perceiving through an understanding that Christ's consciousness is reality for me, I'm perceiving through my wholeness the perceptual content naturally is love. That's the way love perceives itself, everything as itself. And acknowledging all my brothers and sisters is the universal mark. And I love that universal mark of God in them. This is the true, the true um, not missing the mark. <laughs> it's um, a way of how sin has been been defined, missing the mark, misperceiving my brother. It's something other than me. Instead of a part of my wholeness and oneness and completion as the sun 
the one Son of God. So, um, you know, this whole, how am I responding to it? Is a part of me or is something other than me? And um, reacting to it rather than responding in love. If I perceive, so will I behave. And the basis of the, the golden rule, which I equate with, um, you know, love, love, love God first and foremost. And as I know and love God, I, I know and love myself because my capital self is the Son of God. And therefore, I love everything as, as my capital self. And that is what I, I've learned from the Course as the Holy Encounter on an interpersonal relationship. Every encounter is a Holy Encounter because I'm encountering myself. And um, in the whole relationship, in a state of grace, the awareness of being in a state of grace, in a state of holiness, um, you know, that that is the correction level for my perception, a mistaken perception of Judy as being in a body, which is the error in my perception that needs to be undone, that I'm perceiving myself as a body, separate and other than the world, every person, place, and thing in it, as other than me, is the major perceptual distortion that needs to be corrected. So, you know, one and whole, um, you know, with the contribution, the major contribution of miracles is the strength in releasing me from that sense of being alone, being deprived and lacked. Because if I have an M, and being one with everything, and I deny that, where but from Judy does that sense of deprivation and lack and isolation come from? Only I can do that to myself. And this is why mindful awareness of our thoughts are lessons that the Holy Spirit and Christ gives me from each and every one of these lessons, these holy lessons. And I'm just loving this large. And i got to tell you, I love listening to you read for me and want to express my gratitude because even Judy looking at the words, there is a slight interpretation that comes between me and the words and the book and the reading of it that I notice how different it is just listening to you read the words like they're coming right from the mouth of J.C. himself. So, ergo, here I go. <laughs> In light, love, and joy, thank you for being with me today. I am complete. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Thank you, thank you Judy. You know, Laura, I really loved your poem. It it's um it really was so appropriate to this lesson today. They know the way, they stay the course and they're they're such strength to me when 
you know, when I witness life in a different level, if you will, knowing and doing the right thing. Um, I think we, when we can accept life as it shows up, accept the levels people are at, a baby is at one level, you know. As we grow and mature, we grow into different levels in our mind, in our thinking. And it all, I said the only limit which we put on our mind uh, is the choice that we cannot serve two masters. It's either God or ego. And I think at times anything that happens can be perceived as a gift if you're judging, you're attacking God. And my focus um, I, I think I'm, I, I'm not sure if it was Lana it was somebody that was saying the focus on something gives it more attention but I could use that thought. I could notice it and say, oh, it's like watching a, 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 a stage play. I'm not going to react. I'm just going to go with the flow. You know, and I think a lot of times this lesson's a good reminder to do the same, to not attach, but to notice and let go and return to God uh, because we can upset ourselves. For, for, you know, like the lesson says, I'm never upset for the reasons I think. I just have to align myself and stay steady like a tree and and stay the course. If I am to have that peace of mind that the book talks about. Um, because the soul is unalterable, unalterable, you know. It is already perfect. So why am I fighting it? <laughs> I have to be like a tree. I'm complete. Thank you, Diana. Yeah, that... That reminds me, I forgot to talk about that true authority. To put my um, my belief in God and Christ and the Holy Spirit as the true authority of reality. It's like, am I going to um, oppose and be in opposition to the will of God, to the love of God? You know, that there is only one will and one love of God, and one, and it's happening in its totality. And to understand totally, I have to under to understand totality. I have to understand totally that it's all inclusive, and nothing is excluded in it. And I can be at peace, changelessly, joy and joy, changelessly, because that is my inheritance. Thank you for reminding me of the true authority, Diana. I am complete. Good morning, this is Charles. Um, I'd like to respond to Lana, if I may, because she struck a, a chord deep within me, as she always does. <laughs> and most of you always strike chords within me, and I love it. Um, <clears throat> spirit is, and mind gives expression to that which is. Uh, for me, that... Uh, Mind is movement, and movement is expression. 
yet spirit is. I am. Therefore, I am prior to that which is expressed. I am that which is. Spirit am I. And I realize the sensations and feelings and all movement and all thought are expressions of mind. Yet that which is prior to mind, that which is pure spirit, pure light, pure love, inspiration, prior to our imagination. Uh, I just like to contemplate on that. Uh, I don't try to give it any kind of... I just want to realize that movement is caused by mind. And prior to movement, there is but stillness. And when it says, be still and know, uh, that is a key to me, that the prior to mind is what I choose to experience, the essence of being itself, the, the, the fragrance of being, and, and allow movement to come into me and move through me from that presence of being and really live in the mind of Christ, the mind of God, as an expression of God, as God created me to be. So, again, i like to thank you for igniting that inside me. With that, I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Charles. That was lovely. Thank, thank you, you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. That was really beautiful. Thank you. And I was going to ask Lana if you can remember where you found that quote because I've been looking for it and I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it depends on what edition you have. Of course, miracles. If you're in the FIP, it would be under the classification um, of clarification of terms. Um, most other um, editions have it as part of the manual for teachers. Um, but I will look and see. I usually, if you go into Google and just search ACIM and then just start typing the beginning, Spirit is the activating agent of, I'm sorry, mind is the activating agent of spirit. Um, it should take you right to the quote. Um, and you could, um, you know, see the reference in the manual for teachers. Um, I don't have that book in front of me right now, but um, I'll try to find it for you. Bless your heart. Thank you, dear one. Thank you. Well, one other thing I wanted to to bring up about the lesson today, um, it reminded me of no order of difficulties in miracles because it speaks of I cannot keep any form of upset and let others go, and I I need to to regard them as the same. I will regard them all as the same. So in, in 
principle that there are no order orders of difficulty and miracles the equate it's equated with there's no order of difficulty in upsets thank you i'm complete Thanks for that. I'm sorry, I've had my phone muted for a long time. If you haven't heard me say thank you, I beg your pardon. Oh, yeah, great. This is Jessica, um, and I haven't been saying thank you because I had to take a bath after I went to the dentist because I was cold. But <laughs> it would be kind of distracting and noisy. But I wanted to say, I was thinking about the holidays, and in particular, this um, we go to the home of um, my husband's family only once a year. It's not that far away. It's like an hour and 12 minutes or something. But... It made me think about the fact that, you know, when you only do something once a year and there are all these people there and half of them I know and half of them I don't know because the children have friends and so on. They're grown children, um, like college age. Anyway, um, there's a whole lot of love going on. And as we know, there's nothing, that the only truth is the present. And so it's like a snapshot of the truth when everyone is there, even doesn't matter what spiritual orientation or political orientation they have, they're there to be loving to each other, to be open, to be responsive. And certainly it helps if I go there with that attitude and then I encounter that response from people. And it just made me think about how every moment is just the truth of eternity is in every moment, the seed of eternity, the love of God and the seed of eternity and the seed of everlasting love is in every moment. And, it was, and it's made very clear and powerful at an event where people intentionally um, are glad to come together and see each other and celebrate their love and um, kind of acceptance and celebration of each other. Anyway, thanks for listening. Boy, I loved hearing that, Jessica. And that's such an important point. I'd like to follow up after everyone's had a chance to thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. That's um, that's an, the really wonderful thing about uh, the miracle principles. You know, um, it's like Lana said. You don't you don't need to memorize this stuff. There's there's an aspect of you that already knows it, and um, and life brings it to you. And the um, in the form of perceptions, you know? And what do I mean by that? 
I'm just going to focus on these three miracle principles because the theme of, of all of them is wholeness. Right? And, and the entire focus of this Course in Miracles um, might be might be um, simplified by saying, I need to learn to see. I, I need to learn to see. And until I learn to see, um, I'm going to see the way I've been conditioned to see. And that's the point of these first five lessons, you know, to get really, really simple. Nothing I see means anything because I see nothing. I don't see anything because I've judged everything. So what I see are my judgments. As a consequence of my judgments, I don't understand every, anything. I'm constantly judging my thoughts and I'm upset. <laughs> And I'm upset, but not for the reason I think. It seems hard to believe that uh, what I see is a consequence of how I think, that what I feel is a consequence of how I think. But because mind is the activating agent of spirit, and mind can elect to serve, elect what level it wants to serve, my mind is going to bring me what I ask for. That's the nature of perception. He says, you see what you believe it's there, and you believe it's there because you want it there. So, uh, Jessica, when you say, um, you say the holidays were very beautiful because you went there with the expectation of unity, it is very true. Your thoughts um, brought that to you you might say. That's how powerful the mind is when it is in service of the spirit, in service of the true authority, A with a capital A, true authority. I've been conditioned in life through growing up as a child and all the systems that we have, schools and and social relationships and society and what have you, I've been conditioned um, to believe that mind is in service of my body and my ego. And I've been experiencing life all alone, by myself. How does he say? Isolation, deprivation, and lack. In Miracle Principle 43, that's why a major contribution of miracles is the strength. The strength of miracles in relieving me from my belief, my mind's belief, in the prison of my ego to experience life as isolation, deprivation, and lack. Because these three miracle principles are, are so powerful, so very powerful in letting me know there's a different way I can see that will be experienced as a different way of thinking when I allow my mind to be corrected. Those three things. A different way of seeing that will lead me to different experiences 
when I allow my mind to be corrected and placed under true authority. It's very simple. It seems complicated, but the ego has conditioned us to experience everything as uh, complicated. Oh my God, we get tangled up in what are levels of perception and what are levels of reality and what are dimensions of reality and um, all what have you. Um, but it is very simple. I will experience something different, he calls a miracle, as a consequence of letting my mind be corrected, the atonement, and as a consequence of that, what I see uh, will turn into vision, rather than my personal interpretation based on isolation, deprivation, and lack. Um, let's see. That's that's the simple version of these three principles to my way of thinking. Um, or at least the way I've come to understand life and experience it differently as a consequence of the atonement of my mind, the correction of my mind. Um, so then I want to talk about, um, let's see, I want to talk about those five lessons, how they all uh, work together. I see nothing because I judge everything as a consequence. I understand nothing. I'm paralyzed by my thinking mind, and it's causing me lots of upset. Okay? Those five things. I'm being asked in these first five lessons. They go together. They build on each other. And I'm being asked to um, make a little room. Make a little room in your mind uh, for something different. Okay, so then the other thing I wanted to say, and this is really kind of cool, uh, reading the miracle principles, the way they're given to us here in the, um, the version with the pearls, um, the original edition, um, they seem, um, I will just say my experience of them uh, doesn't seem uh, like they're continuous and uh, contained in one another. They seem to be uh, separate by their number and, you know, uh, uh, listing, you might say, as separate principles. But there will be a new um, version coming out, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the gentleman who's, who's doing this work, but it's called The Authentic Original Manuscript of A Course in Miracles. And in the authentic uh, original manuscripts, or otherwise known as the Ur-text, um, annotated Ur-text, um, these miracle principles are plucked, just lifted right out of and plucked out of a dialogue that Helen is having with Jesus. And so each one of these miracle principles are essentially couched in a conversation. Um, for example, uh, let's see if I can think of one real simple example. The mark of exclusion. Um, is that the first principle today, 41? Universal mark of God, yes. 41, the miracle acknowledges all men as your brothers and mine, a way of perceiving the universal mark of God. In them, specialness of God's Son does not stem from exclusion, but from inclusion, and all my brothers are special. That particular principle uh, was 
uh, laid in a dialogue exactly like that uh, in the context of a question that um, Bill had about uh, strawberry mark, uh, birthmark. You may be familiar with that. And um, some old uh, teaching or custom or uh, belief that people who had a strawberry mark were in some way significant or different or more special than other people. And Jesus corrected them right there and said, um, what we have as uh, principle 41 and all my brothers are special. Isn't that cool? And so what I really, I'm making this point because um, because sometimes I have life experiences that I don't understand. A situation will, will occur and I'll experience it in a way that it causes me upset. And I'll think to myself, I need a correction. I obviously have misperceived this situation or I wouldn't be this upset. And so I'll go to the miracle principles. And any one of these principles will fix me, <laughs> you might say. Any one of them will straighten out my mind because clearly I've misperceived something. And that's the real gift that's laid in today's lesson uh, to me. I am not upset for the reason I think. I've been thinking by myself. That's my problem. I've been thinking by myself. And I need a correction. And I will always find it in the miracle principles because the miracle principles are an ongoing dialogue that I can have with Christ's mind anytime I elect to have it. You see? Oh, Lori, you are mistaken. You're feeling this way because wholeness is the perceptual content of miracles. God's kingdom is united. You are a whole mind. And if you understand that, you're going to have a different experience of this situation. Come from truth. Let me correct your mind. Let me correct your mind. What have you thought that God would not have thought? What have you failed to think that God would have thought? Change your mind to think with God, you see? And I can do that in any situation where I'm experiencing upset because upset is always, always, always a consequence of mistaken thinking. I'm thinking from isolation, deprivation, and lack. And I can choose a miracle. The major contribution of miracles is the strength their strength in alleviating my mind from isolation, deprivation, and lack. And uh, I am so grateful, so grateful. And finally, the last thing I wanted to offer this morning is um, I started to understand the difference between projection and miracles. As he talks about it in paragraph 62, when I realized that it's just this simple, a miracle will see in quotes, be open to, will have revealed something of wholeness. Projection will always see lack. I'm projecting a lack because perception itself, perception itself is based on lack. I'm separate from what I see. You see, perception itself is thinking with my snapshot mind. Click, click, it's this.
Uh, it happens so fast I don't even know it. Anyway, uh, thank you everyone. Uh, I might have talked too long and I apologize. Um, but that's what I have today. I'm complete. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. You didn't talk too long. No way. Thanks. No way. I agree. That was really great. Thank you, Lori. Oh, that was wonderful, Lori. Boy, that is so so wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, for for Charles, let me spot on. Thank you. Just a little. Uh, Come ahead. Okay. I just wanted to let Charles know that um, uh, if he has the FIP, it's in it's number one in clarification of terms, mind dash spirit. If he doesn't, I uh, I I would suggest just um, going and um, in Google and typing in the initials or the acronym ACIM dash spirit is used to represent the activating I'm sorry, activating agent of mind is used to represent the activating um, agent of spirit. So just type in something like that and it'll take it'll take you right to that section that it's in. I'm sorry. I'm I'm complete. Thank you. Having trouble with my mute button this morning. I apologize. Thank you, Lana. Thank you very much for that. For Charles. Good tip. And someone uh, someone was speaking right in there also. I didn't get who. Lori, this was it was Jennifer. I just really wanted to thank you for your share. Um it was it just was very wholehearted and um, bullet pointed, and it was plus more. So I'm really grateful as well for everything you you uh, shared shared with us. Thank you. Oh, bless your heart. Thanks, Jennifer. Uh, still time before before we end this recording. I'd love to hear from anyone who hasn't had a chance to share this morning. Well, good morning. This is Jennifer. Um, in short, I just want to share a miracle that I'm experiencing um, this morning is just a miracle of stepping back and sitting or feeling my soul in response to everyone on the call. There is such a freedom in stepping back from my conditioned mind of thinking, uh, looking at or um, even positively or maybe not so positively, judging um anything I hear or I, I personally think. And to step back, like, like Charles and Lana were talking about, to step back and, and um, 
what freedom. <laughs> what, it's so freeing to be uh, responding from my soul and hearing everybody from my soul and, and from my Jennifer the Christ listening. You know, that's what I asked before I went on this call today. Like, all right, you got to, let's do this lesson. <laughs> so, because I'm beginning treasure, treading uh, the, the road of 365 over again. And, um, and uh, so I'm the beginning stages of training my mind. And the power of, of making my mind up to be connected to God uh, this morning and even going into yesterday evening, what freedom, even as a beginner. So thank you. Every blessed soul here, you're all teaching me. I'm so grateful. Love you guys. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. You said that beautifully. Thank, Thank you, you Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. That was so heartfelt. And you are a wonderful teacher of God yourself. I feel that. Absolutely. Thank you, Jessica. I love you know, this that. call feels. Just let me say, Judy, this call feels so good. Uh, to each of us, he, he says in the Course of Miracles, he says, the soul knows, the soul knows, I'm talking knows with certainty, the soul knows that the consciousness of all its brothers are included in its own. And so um, when, we, when we meet together, when we read these words together, when we open our minds to the truth together, um, we are experiencing or communing with each other in a way that um, that is very um, that is very holy, simply because of that wholeness that we share the truth of each of us. So um, ordinary everyday life can offer me that. Uh, but here we have it in wide-open buffet style. <laughs> and I sure appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Lori, this is Jennifer again. Can I just add one more little thing? I think it's really um, important. And that is part of the other part of the miracle of stepping back. I said to my mind, let's step back and let the Christ within me step forward, the holy part of me, listen today to every share. And um, what happened and what's happening in this moment is the judgments that I have are being shifted into awareness of understanding a brother or sister's pain in the share and how they share and how they show up, I'm actually being guided in my heart to have compassion and, and, and understanding and love for everybody on this call. Um, 
if there's an irritation or a judgment in this moment right now I'm actually being shown a deep deep salve uh, a bridge to that being and an understanding that heals so many levels that I don't even know for me and for them and I'm being shown in this in these moments on this call this you know, throughout the last month or so. But right now it's starting to really open up the light of it. And um, and I'm, I just feel so blessed to, and I want to stay there and redirect my mind there. And it's in my heart. All this light is in my heart and understanding. And um, all things are knowable. But what I'm being shown, that all things are knowable when I connect into my heart, which is the Christ within me. And then, then that's where the miracle is because that's the response is responding to you guys um, and everybody I meet uh, in, through my heart with love. That's the atonement. I'm complete. Oh, that was just very beautiful, Jessica. Thank you for that uh, wide oh, open that mind. That is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jessica. That was Jennifer, but Jessica, I did want to say something. <laughs> I don't know if you have to close the recording first. I want to hear you, Jessica. Okay. Um, well, it's um, it's about the roots that we have to rip up. Um, it's just, I think I remember this from before that it kind of struck me like, no, you can't just let the roots um, get stronger and deeper. Um, The illusion that shallow roots can be deepened and thus made to hold is one of the distortions on which the reversal of the golden rule rests. Wow, that sentence has so much in it. Um, and it, I mean, by what, by so much in it, <laughs> what I mean to say is that it's a little hard to get, to wrap my head totally around what is being said here, because number one, I have to understand what the reversal of the golden rule is, which, you know, we are all, uh, most of us in this world are aware of the golden rule, whatever our spiritual training or lack of training was or is, um, there's some form of that that is is transmitted to children or adults or in the, the culture. Um, but what we're actually dealing with in this world is the reversal of the golden rule, the distortions on which the reversal of the golden rule rests. Um, and so, you know... It's it's a little scary to me the idea that the roots need to be um, given up. Let's see where he says um, all shallow roots must be uprooted. It's a little scary because, as we all know, if a plant has no roots, it can be washed away. It can be e- more easily, uh, you know, destroyed. Um, and we have to have that trust that. 
that we read about. Oh, you guys, I have to tell you. Well, I'll wait till after the recorded part to tell you this other thing. But, but anyway, I just wanted to highlight that whole roots thing because that is something I think I can chew on for the next few years, um, and just and just let go, you know, and trust that if I if I let the roots wither or if I uproot the those shallow roots, it's going to be okay. I'm going. I'm. I'm going to have new roots, and they're going to be true and deep. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Jessica. That is, uh, oh, God, I'm so glad you brought that up. A very, very, very important principle. And it takes a while. Um, I'll tell you, it took took me a long time to realize there's a very big difference between bringing illusions to truth and bringing truth to an illusion. Bringing illusions to truth will always relieve me of something um, troubling, always. It will always relieve me of my mistaken uh, thought. But bringing truth to illusion will cause me to feel uh, hard and defensive. And the ego operates by saying, this is how it is, and declaring, this is how it is. Right? When I'm in my ego, that's exactly how it works. But when I'm bringing illusion to truth, I'm acknowledging there's something here that isn't right. I'm upset. I'm mistaken in my thinking. I need a correction. And I can appeal everything I think to God's higher court. Okay? Uh, Shallow roots are... um, Another way to say that is this is not a course in having a better ego. (laughs) This is not a course in applying thinking to what you have going on and thinking that uh, you're going to have a different outcome. This is a course in letting go your mistaken thoughts and letting truth correct you. Critical, critical difference. So grateful you brought that up. Thank you very much. And that's probably uh, an excellent point to end our recording uh, today. Miracle Principle 41. The miracle acknowledges all men as your brothers and mind way of perceiving the universal mark of God in them. 42, wholeness is the perceptual content of miracles. It thus corrects or atones for faulty perception of lack anywhere. And miracle principle number three, a major contribution of miracles is their strength in releasing man from his misplaced sense of isolation, deprivation, and lack. Thank you, everyone, for dialing this number every day, uh, for joining us. Or, and listening to our recordings. Um, there is no question we make a gift to the sonship every day we join. And I'm so grateful. Thank you all. And uh, hope you have just a wonderful weekend.